The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody! Help! Not just anybody! Help! You know I need someone! Help! Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 297 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. Our topic today is recognizing heroes of family caregiving. You know, for far too many family caregivers, family caregiving is exhausting physically, psychologically, and I'm sorry to say, far too often financially. It exhausts them physically because they provide family caregiving day in, day out. It exhausts them psychologically because so often, too often, they worry that despite all their efforts, they are not doing enough for their loved ones. And it's awesome financially because healthcare and social systems have yet to wholeheartedly accept them, accept family caregivers for what they really are, family caregivers. Now, even though attitudes to family caregiving really are improving, and they are improving, family caregivers still face challenges severe enough to diminish their lives, which is why our topic today, recognizing heroes of family caregiving, is so hopeful, so inspiring, and so important. My guests today are Poonam Verdi and Val Spiran. Poonam has taken complete responsibility for family caregiving for her father since November 2012. During this time, his anxiety and his dementia symptoms have worsened, and he's experienced also other health challenges. Now, throughout, Poonam has assisted him with all physical tasks, including bathing, changing, and feeding. She's been a pillar of strength for him, despite her own health concerns, and she's She supports him with the most sincere dedication, and she wants always to do that for him. Now, Val was nominated for her outstanding work as a care coordinator at the Mississauga Halton Community Care Access Centre. Her nominator described her as a strong, supportive, compassionate professional and educated individual with a true passion for her work. She goes above and beyond to ensure that her patients are are happy, safe and comfortable. Her nominator adds that, this is a quote, she's worked tirelessly to make our situation positive. I can't thank her enough. Words cannot express my gratitude for the help she provided my family. Val is our hero. So let me start by asking Val, first of all, 
Please, Val, tell us about your career as a nurse and about your own experience of family caregiving. Val. Hi, Gordon. Well, it's kind of interesting for me. I was a really sick kid. I think that's what helped me develop an interest in the profession. I had every childhood disease imaginable, scarlet fever, measles, chicken pox. I missed six weeks of school every year from the time I was 6 to 11 with pneumonia. When I was 8 years old, my mom actually developed severe rheumatoid arthritis. I was, you know, she was 40. I was a young kid, and it was very difficult to watch her. She had a lot of pain. It was quite debilitating. But basically, I've been a nurse since I was 8 years old. I can't even imagine when I think back to watching my mom those days. She was unable to walk many times. She crawled down the hall to watch and make sure that we were all eating our toast and tea before we left for school. So I learned to be a caregiver at a very young age. My mom, who I carried on to care for later in life, developed Alzheimer's disease actually when she was about 68, 70 years old. And she died two years later at the age of 72. So I've been a caregiver. I remember back in those days when she was first diagnosed, I actually hired private caregivers to help me so I could go out and nurse and do my job. From the time I was little, I can remember playing with my dolls, thinking all I want to do is put on Band-Aids and fix all these individuals who had anything wrong, nurture those who were sick, and just give them a hug. My career path has been quite a journey. I have nursed individuals born at the age of 28 weeks gestation, meaning their moms were only seven months along, to adults up to the age of 108. I'm really blessed. I actually feel that I've had such an opportunity to to enjoy this, to watch a baby take their first breath, holding their hand, and often taking their last. I've hugged happy, excited parents, and I've cried with others who've lost their loved ones because this is what we do. I've worked in healthcare for over 30 years now, in the last 24 in nursing, but actually worked in the U.S. and Canada. But before I joined the CCAC, I had an opportunity to work in a very variety of areas in healthcare, which has really allowed my spectrum of knowledge to grow because I've worked in hospitals, acute rehab, family practice medicine, different community agencies. As well, I worked as a clinical professor. I worked with the college programs in Canada who have a split program, actually. We have two years of college and two years of university for our bachelor's of nursing program. And I was actually uh, very instrumental in helping some of these students in my classes, particularly, to develop their nursing skills in an institutional setting. I was able to deliver some education, train them, instruct the staff, patients, families, all of that. It's been tremendous, and I feel really well, I'm going, blessed. I'm only going to stop you there. It's a wonderful story. And if I can just say quickly back to you, you have been there and done that when it comes to family caregiving. Absolutely. But now I want to just take you on to ask you about your work at the Community Care Access Centre, the, particularly the way in which you work to support family caregivers. Val? Well, I'm a complex care coordinator. They used to, our role was always known to be case managers, so we coordinate services for people. I go into someone's house, I assess exactly what I see. I look at their needs. You know, how are they walking? 
Well, what is the physical limitations this person has? What's the intellectual? What is their social situation? Was this person, you know, what did they do before they became sick? Maybe they were a lawyer. Maybe they're a housewife. They could be anything. But all of this is going to affect them. I assess the needs for professional services and allied services, just like personal care. You know, it could be anything from nursing, occupational health, physical therapy, social work, anything that this family and this patient needs to maintain a life in the community out of the institution, a place where they feel safe and really not threatened. It's it's a tremendous opportunity. I feel humbled, actually, to have the privilege of going into their homes and actually sharing with them what they need and what I can provide, the gift of knowledge and support. You know, it's it's quite extraordinary over the past, uh, just over the past year, about 14,000 patients every month are what we provide service through our, and the Mississauga Halton CCAC where I work. And, you know, probably more than two-thirds of my patients are over 70, but I have patients as young as 21. I support the families by providing the services. If we need to bring an x-ray to the home, I arrange it. We have an x-ray come to the home, and a technician and a team bring the equipment right into the home. If they need lab work done in the home, we can arrange that. We bring in uh, special uh, psychology experts and geriatric medicine individuals to help people with Alzheimer's disease and, more importantly, help educate the family. Now, Val, Val, I'm going to, I'm just going to stop you there because um, I want to move you on to talk about this particular project, recognizing heroes of family caregiving. So please tell us about that. I have to tell you, it's probably one of the proudest moments in my career. I've been nominated three years in a row by patients and their families. And at Mississauga Halton CCAC, where I'm currently working, um, caregiver heroes, really, they do trade trade their costumes and capes for compassion in a way. These people are amazing. They give up so much of their own time and their own life to provide care for their families, their loved ones. Some of these people can be neighbors. Some are paid because they're employed and just providing exceptional service. And some are actually neighbors or volunteers who just come in to help. And they work tirelessly. Sometimes up to 24 hours they're providing service to help a loved one because the need is so strong, and it could be end-of-life care. It could be managing someone who's coping with a new diagnosis, perhaps even a surgical procedure. It's just so important to recognize them. A lot of them actually feel reluctant. They don't, they don't like to call themselves heroes. They feel that, you know, in the eyes of the person they care for, you know, that's exceptional enough. But we provide a tremendous opportunity to take them almost like a graduation ceremony. And we provide them with certificates. Every person who's nominated for a hero in the home receives a reward. And the reward is the gift of feeling that they've really made a difference in someone's life and being recognized by the CCAC for doing so. Please tell us a little bit more about when this project began and what was it that led the CCAC to set it up in the first place? Well, it was a bit... I think it's actually, it, we've done it three years in a row, and it came from constant um, notification from families who were calling in and recognizing that these people helping them often are PSW, a nurse, occupational therapist, and even, of course, as I say, volunteers like neighbors and the family themselves were going over, over and above the call of duty 
and it was requested and, you know, really over time quickly learned that these people should be recognized for what they're giving. They've really learned to give back. It's really kind of a heroic mission. Caregivers need to be honored, and the CCAC recognized that. So we ensure that individuals are recognized, and some of them have their own health and limitations. Some of them have their own disabilities. But the, no- the nominees are, are all recognized for the gifts that they give of themselves. They wrap, and it really, they wrap it really is a gift, isn't it? Well, I'm only interrupting you to say it really is a gift. I think that's a wonderful way of describing it. And for some of them, it's also part of the way in which they live their lives. It's part of their culture, isn't it? That you, you have, as an individual, a responsibility to care for people in your families. Now, is that something that you come across that you, you find in your work? Tremendous. We have so many just ordinary people doing extraordinary things, helping their loved ones. And we have quite a variety of multicultural families, and it's quite interesting to see the diverse mechanisms that each family chooses to manage their loved one in the home. And that's everyone's goal, because no one wants to go into an institution. You know, they feel threatened and uncomfortable. They want to be in their homes. And we do everything we can to try and keep that goal for them and, and help them do through, go through this. Yeah, fabulous. Now, it's it's come time where we take the break. I often, This is where I always say uh, we have to pay our rent, and so this <laughs> is what we're going to do now is to take the break. So this is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are Poonam Verdi and Val Spiran. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. What does success mean to you? Is it being just like the person on the other side of the fence where the grass is supposedly greener? We harbor too many feelings of envy and suppressed anger targeted at others, and it's holding us back from our success. Tune in to Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. Just by listening, you'll be empowered to make positive lifestyle changes to live the successful life that you deserve to live. Wealthy Thoughts can be heard every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. If you're single or in a relationship, love can be hard to find. That's right. Even if you are in a relationship... Listen for Conscious Soulmates with Susan Ortolano to find out more. You'll learn how to find your way into a meaningful relationship or to make the one you're in a successful one. Through the wisdom of Susan and her guests, you'll discover what inside yourself is keeping you from being happy and in love. Conscious Soulmates is broadcast live every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? 
Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at familycaregiversunite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite. And my guests, Poonam Verdi and Val Spiran. Our topic is Recognizing Heroes of Family Caregiving. Now, let's hear from Poonam about her family caregiving um, for her dad, who lives with dementia and also who has Parkinson's disease. Now, let me just say a word about, first of all, uh, dementia. In fact, Poonam has just told me that the um, it really is Alzheimer's disease that affects her dad, and that's one of the types of dementia. And in fact, it's the most common type of brain disease. Um, and the sad part is that it cannot be stopped, reversed, or cured. And what this disease does is to slowly destroy memory and thinking and the ability to carry out the simplest of tasks. It slowly destroys speech so that someone well down the road of Alzheimer's disease may not be able to communicate. This is an example that they have a painful sore in their mouth and instead they may become aggressive, frustrated or even violent. Alzheimer's disease slowly destroys the ability to recognize even members of the person's own family and it creates can create obviously major challenges for family caregivers. But some persons with it do live out their lives at home peacefully, cared for by their family caregivers. Now, Parkinson's disease affects mobility, it affects the way people walk, it affects their ability really in the end to carry out all movements, and it too affects speech, and, but it leaves the brain alone. So the combination of the two is, in fact, very powerful and very challenging for family caregivers like Poonam. Now, Poonam, please tell us how, first of all, the dementia affects your dad. Poonam. Hi, Gordon. Um, dementia, like his speech, movement, ability to process information, create confusion, unable to function like... For example, he, he can't bathe himself, right? And then when the PSW comes, he, he gets frustrated because he wants to stay in there, do his own thing, but he's not able to. And then he cannot do anything on his own. And, oh, he's emotional. He doesn't remember anything. And one day, like, he doesn't remember that he's wearing a diaper. He goes to the washroom at nighttime and just sits there. Like, and sometimes, I don't know for how long, and when you get up in the morning, he's sitting there with his clothes off, and he will just walk out of the washroom without any clothes. Oh, Jesus, I'm making... 
Yeah. Poonam, this is very distressing to talk about, isn't it? Because it, you are it is, seeing... Yeah. So, it's, it's, it's a challenge for him. Yeah. So, yeah. So. How does the... Poonam, how does the Parkinson's disease affect him, as far as you know? What part does it, that play? Like, he gets stuck. Like, um... Uh, this is like a couple of years ago. He used to go to the church, and he would like stay there clean, and and I would leave him for a couple of hours. And one day I went there to pick him up after two, three hours. I kept looking for him, and I didn't find him. And then I asked the people over there, and I said, uh, do you know where my dad is? They said, no, he didn't show up today. And I said, I dropped him off. And after four hours, he's in the washroom, and he's not able to speak, and he's just stuck there with his pants down. And nobody saw him. Like, he gets stuck, and then he, and then he falls. And one day, like, he went to the washroom, and he fell. And the toilet was broken, and we came home, find him sitting there and all bruised up. And, and he's crying. This um, condition that he's in now means that and I'm putting this negatively, and I'm not, I want to be careful what I say, but it really means that there's very little he can do for himself now. Is that right? That, that's true, yeah. Because he, he, he doesn't eat, like he's on liquid. Because he had, on top of all this, uh, about a, a year ago, he had uh, shingles. And shingles did it. It made him worse than what he was. <laughs> he had in his eye, in his mouth, and in his ear. And he's not able to swallow. His swallowing muscles are very weak. And he had, uh, what is it, uh, Ramsey-Hunt syndrome. And that made it, it like, that. that's that's the thing. Like, it's, it's, it's a sort of uh, a shingle that makes it, like all his muscles are weak and his eyelid was open all the time. He had to get his new eyelid put in and he's not able to swallow anything. Did, Poonam, did the shingles cause him a lot of pain as far as you know? It, it did. It did. It made him really go down. His health-wise, he went really down. And since then, he's, he, it's, it's, it's very bad for him. Like, uh, he's not able to move around on his own. He gets frustrated. He cries. Like, but he, he, he's, he's gentle. He's, he's not abusive or anything. <laughs> right. Now, Pona, I'm going to ask you about you. Um, the question I'm leading to, but I'm not going to ask you straight away, is what you find to be the most challenging of the challenges that the combination of the Alzheimer's disease, the dementia that is, and the Parkinson's disease create for you. But first of all, I'd like to tell you to tell us about your own life and your own career. In other words, please tell us about your life, your career, what you did, and how long you've been um, concerned about your father. Right? We know how long you've been looking after him, but what about your own life. Like I was a housewife. I have three kids. They're all grown up. And my dad came to live with me because he, like, he used to live with my brother before and somehow didn't get along. So he, he came to live with me as of 2009, December, and I've been taking care of him. And for, for a 
couple of years, like for two years, he was doing okay. And then I think 2012, October, he fell. And uh, since then, I've been taking care of him. Like, I have my own health issues. Like, I have high blood pressure. I have thyroid problem. Like, I'm on a lot of medications. <laughs> and I don't have any support of any any of my, like, yeah, my kids, my husband helped me, but not to that extent that I haven't taken any vacation, like, in past three years. So can I go out anywhere? And uh, so for for me, it's 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 like my my whole life. Like now, like we have a life on hold for past four years, and we have not put him. And I don't want to put him in a long care facility because I don't trust them. And plus, I guess I cannot afford the cost either, right? But he has. He goes to the day program, like in our community, twice a week. We pay, like it's a, it's a subsidized program, and I we pay a little bit, and then he goes there twice a week, and the rest of the time he stays home. I help him with the food, and uh, that's about it. And in the help that you're giving him, not just with the food, but with it, in every way that you're helping him, what do you find the most difficult uh, things that you have to do? What are the most difficult of those challenges? Poonam? Um, I really, time for him, like, he, he doesn't remember, like, he... he 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 will just sit there, and the food is still lying, like, there, right? Sometimes I'll go and I'll say, okay, here's your yogurt and here's your milk, right? And he will take it. And sometimes he just forgets. And he and at nighttime, sometimes we are sleeping, and he's sitting in the washroom. So would it be right to say back to you then, this is a kind of supervision that supervision, you, have to do, yeah. you have to do all the time? because. All the time. Yeah. In a way, if you're not watching him, then things go wrong. Is that it right? Can. Is that... It can, yes. yes. Yeah. Like you take him to a haircutting place, he he doesn't get... Like I took him a couple of uh, weeks ago to a hair place, and I guess people talk, and he just started saying, be quiet, right? And I got stares from people, and I, I, like I became embarrassed and felt that I need to apologize, explain like that. He he doesn't mean it like he's not doing. He's not. They think he's crazy, but he's not crazy, right? Right. It's frustrating. Well, I, yes. I feel his pain and frustration. Right. It's like a little toddler to take care of. Yeah. Well, no, he cannot be left I'm, alone. <laughs> I'm going to ask you this question at the end of the last segment, Val talked about what I'll call the cultural communities. I call, I use it to describe people. I'm an immigrant, other immigrants, people who may not have English or French as the first language, uh-huh. people from particular religions, and those communities, um, all of whom I've discovered have that sense that they really are responsible for their family members when age or illness or something like that overtakes them. How much of that has that been a factor in your life, Poonam? 
It's culturally, uh, they, they say, that, like, like, you know, you're supposed to take care of your elders <laughs> when they're old because they took care of you when you were younger, right? Yeah. And I have nobody, I have my, I, I have my, I had no choice but to take care of him. Like, I was even, like, it, it went so worse that I was thinking of putting him in a home. But then the social service, like she said, if you put him in a home, it's an extra money that you have to put in, and then you don't know what kind of service you're going to get. And on top of that, you have to go there and visit him every day, right? So... So I decided to take, keep him home, and I, I'm getting help from CCAC twice a day. They come and they bathe him. That really helps because I was doing it for almost two years, and I wasn't getting any, I was only getting twice a week. And then now, as of I think it's been almost five or six months that I've been getting help twice a day, seven days a week, and that really helps. So you can say culturally or whatever, I have no other choice. I, my dad doesn't want to go in a home. And I'll wait until like it gets really worse. Until then, I'll keep him home. Right. It, it, now, it, it doesn't mean like it's in my culture. It's just my own, own belief. Yes. Yeah. Now, let me just ask you this question. I'm going to put it in this way. Um, we know that there are people with these with Alzheimer's disease who live at home in the care of the family caregiver, just like you, and they live at home until they die, mm-hmm. and it can work. It seems to me that with the support you're getting, that that's working for you. Now, I'm not trying to suggest I know when your father's going to die. That's not what what I'm saying at all. What Uh I am saying is it sounds to me that you are providing the home that he needs and that if things don't get much worse, that is going to be the arrangement while he lives out his life in the best place, which is in your home with in, him. In our home, yeah. Is that right? Have I got That's that right? That's right. That's true, yeah. 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 I'm going to see how, how long I can keep him until it affects my health. Yes. And then I will decide that I want to put him in a home. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll keep him. Like, uh, right now, I, we, we build a washroom for him on the main floor the shower because he wasn't able to walk and now with the help of PSW he can go on the main floor. We build a washroom in the laundry room and it's easy for him and uh, so we, we we are making it easy for him like whatever we can but let's see how long I can keep him. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. With the so help now, of my kids to- uh- and my husband let's see how, how long I can keep him. Poonam, uh, um, are you looking after yourself? Are you ca- taking care of yourself, Poonam? You see, there, <laughs> um, no. Like I, I try to go to the gym, take care of myself. Yeah, but sometimes when it's something like this, like if he's not feeling well or if there's something, then I'll stay home. 
Yeah, like you can say that I'm not taking care of myself, right? Saying like I haven't been on a vacation <laughs> in past three three years because I don't have any means I can leave my dad and, and go because my kids are busy working, school, so they're not able to take care of him. And I don't have anybody where I can leave him. Yeah. So, but uh, I think CCAC suggested that if I have to go, there are there are some sort of uh, short term, uh, uh, like a programs, like where I can leave him for a couple of weeks, with like a minimum charge, and I can keep him there for a week or so. So uh, we haven't decided yet, but we always think about it, and then we just say, oh, no, if something happens when we are on vacation, then. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's it's a lot of things to think about, yeah. Ponam, I just want to say something to you, that on this program I do, I hear so often that it's important for family caregivers to look after themselves and take care of their health because the people that they are caring for, like your dad, you and your dad, depend on you to be able to do the things that you need to do for them. And that That's means true, yeah. You've got to be, when I say you've got to be, it means that your health matters in the care of your dad. It matters that you're able to meet the challenges it matters that you look after yourself so that um maybe you do need a break a couple of weeks where you can get some some rest some time off do something else but at the same time you've undertaken a responsibility and part of that responsibility punam and i'm going to say this to you is to take care of yourself and not only your dad do you agree with me I do. I really do. My kids and my husband often tell me that, that you should take it easy. You should think about yourself. But when you see him suffering, <laughs> then I guess it's, it's, it's the way my upbringing is, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I was born and raised in India. I was 19 when I got married and I came here. So... Yes. Uh, so that, that's that's my thinking, yeah. And Poonam, you're a loving daughter too, aren't you? <laughs> I have no choice, Gordon. <laughs> that's right. Now, yeah, if I had a choice, then yeah, for sure. I don't have any choice. Okay. So I can leave him out there. And let's see how far, how long I can keep keep this up. Right. With the help of CCAC, uh, I think it's working out pretty well for me now. Yeah. Okay. Now, yeah. Poonam, we've come to the time where we have to take the break. Uh, so, I, first of all, I want to say thank you very much for all that you've said to us. It's very, very important for people to hear your story because many people will be going through the same thing. And to hear the way you've, you are dealing with you are uh -huh. caring with this situation is profoundly important. So let's take the break. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley. My guests are Poonam Verdi and Val Spirin. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. Live up to your fullest potential. 
This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Like so many others, do you put on a game face to the world? The stress of home life, work life, and personal life converge on us on practically a daily basis. Yet, so rarely do we let others see our real selves. And we carry on like we don't have a single problem. We need to connect and to find out we're not alone. Tune into Stories from the Heart of Leadership with host Shamin Sadek to find out not only what's been created, but the story behind it. Listen live every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at familycaregiversunite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Poonam Verdi and Val Spiran. Our topic is Recognizing Heroes of Family Caregiving. Now, both of you, I'd like you to talk about the things that you would like to see done to help family caregivers facing the challenges that uh, Poonam's faced and that Val understands so very well. So let me start with you, Poonam, first of all. Um, What more would you like to see done to help family caregivers in situations like yours? That is, people, family caregivers are facing the challenges of dementia, Alzheimer's disease, and maybe other things like Parkinson's disease in a loved one. Poonam, what more would you like to see done? Uh, Right now, I I can think about it, but, uh, you know, it should be like... In our family, we never went to, through all this. Like, we never had anybody that we had to take care of. And it, it was my mother-in-law who had a stroke, and she was in the hospital for over a year. And that's when I found out that there's a, some sort of a CCAC. CCAC helps, but you have to be very persistent unless you know that there there's help out there, like people should be more aware of that, like there should be 
more help. Like there's help for you. People just think that there's nothing. People don't know about CCAC. Like it should be more advertised. I don't know if you understand what 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 I mean. Yes, I do. And, Let me uh, uh, like and when when you you find out that there's CCAC, they they really help you. They really help you out. And I guess more hours, like depending on the needs. And uh, I'm being like, like I don't know. I should. I'm very thankful to CCAC that I'm getting help. Like I'm much more relaxed now. So <laughs> that's all I would say. Okay. Now let me just ask you a little bit more. What you're saying is that you really didn't know, and this. Is the sense that the information wasn't available to you? I wasn't aware of you. that. There's a, like stuff like that, unless it right. happens to your own family. Yes. Yeah, and this was the first time that, and now I see, almost like you talk to anybody, and everybody has somebody in their family that, like, <laughs> they are in care of CCAC. Yes. Yeah, yes. unless it happens to you, I've never seen anybody. See anybody? I, I never noticed anybody going on a walker, like have a walker or old person. But now I see like the stuff my dad needs, all these things. PSW, I've never heard about it. So <laughs> unless it happens to you and you come across yes. these things, so people should know about. Right. Now I'm going to go now to Val. Um, what more would you like to see? You, Val, like to see done to help family caregivers facing the kind of challenges that, first of all, Poonam's been facing, but also others with different conditions have been facing. So what more would you like to see done? Val? Well, it really all comes back down to education. Truly, this is, the, this is you know, the blueprint for the future of how we're going to survive and sustain all of these individuals we care for in the community. And what Poonam just said is it's really kind of heartbreaking to think that so many people perhaps aren't aware of the services that are available. Education needs to start with the family physicians, not just those who have been in hospital, but some of the family physicians need to be made more aware of the services and the community services and agencies that are available to educate these families. There is a huge, huge gap between the individual who has a chronic illness and the person who goes to the hospital, has an acute illness, comes home quickly, has an occupational therapist, their, their, their problems are corrected, shall we say. They have some therapy and they recover. But then you've got the Poonam family of the world, which we see so many of. And a, a lot of it is so much based on exactly what she just said, what she doesn't know, what's available out there, what can we do? I mean, families are lost. But you know what? Most people are afraid to ask. They don't That's know who to true. Ask. Yeah, yeah. They don't know where to go. They don't know where to start. They don't know whether they pick up the phone, the phone book or, depending on their culture, the Bible. You know, it's so hard to even, unless you've lived in those shoes, to understand. Parents literally... You become the parent of your parent. It's very, it's very hard for people to take on that role 
but learning more about the illness that their loved one is suffering from will also help that. I often tell my caregivers of elderly patients with Parkinson's and Alzheimer's disease, and I probably have about 50 or 60% of my patients who do, is to try to remember how you think they feel. Their behavior is usually a response to something that's triggered it. You have to remember, often they don't recognize you. They don't understand who you are. They don't understand who they are. They're scared. And that response is a behavior of frustration, taking down your pants, coming out of the bathroom with nothing on. All the things Poonam has described I see so often. And it's so it's so sad to see this happening, but, you know, we have an aging population. We're going to see more of this. I mean, over the next 28 years or so, we're going to see every fourth Ontarian being a senior citizen. So the demand for education to help families through these, these processes of managing a loved one in the home are only going to increase drastically. And it's, it's going to be the help of the families that help us sustain our system so that we can keep people in the home. I mean, adults, do, everyone does better in their own environment, but it's teaching the families. If you had a two-year-old child who wanted what they want and were having a temper tantrum, would you reason with them? Would you win? No. Probably not. <laughs> because they want what they want when they well, want it because that's, that's what their illness is making yeah. them do. And I, I often say to people, that may look like your mom, but her brain has changed. Yeah. And that yeah. makes it so hard for families to cope. So families need to be educated. There needs to be more seminars. There needs to be more services available to the home. But most importantly, the families need to be to be really be supported, and they do need more assistance. There needs to be more respite care, shall we That's say, true. caregiver yeah. relief. Yeah. And, and that's a huge issue because of you know, political stances with government funding, etc. We do what we can with the budget we're given. But families are having trouble with this. There is no question in my mind that education is the key. It is. It is, yeah. Government should put more money into it that way. Unless you go to the hospital, <laughs> you don't know that these facilities are there. Well, and many families, many baby boomers, shall we say, when they plan for their retirement, did not plan on the $300 a month that it may cost them to purchase diapers for their elderly parent. So as I think Gordon did mention in the beginning, it's a huge financial burden too, and it's your parent. I mean, they loved you. They changed your diapers. They fed you. They, they looked after you. You can't turn your back on them. Now it's, it's the roles completely reverse. But understanding what the needs are, understanding how to cope with it, makes it a lot more reasonable than expecting someone, as I said, if you think of it, put yourself in the mind of a two-year-old, would you really, really successfully rationalize with a two-year-old and win that battle? No. Disease is a terrible thing, and often it changes people. And helping families and caregivers really understand that this is what they're dealing with and help them to deal with that. Help them to learn to parent their parents. Learn to teach their parents how to swallow, often how to walk again after a stroke, how to talk, how to walk, how to dress themselves. It's just, it's just huge. 
And I, I want to ask Poonam a question that flows directly from what Val was just saying. Poonam, do you think it would be useful if family caregivers like you received training? That is to say, somebody showed them how to deal with the challenges, uh, taught them how to do the things that Val's just been speaking about, and so that they felt more confident in themselves that they could do the things that need to be done. Poonam, what do you think of that? Is that a That's sense true, of idea? Yeah, I, I need training. Like sometimes I get frustrated, like I get mad at him, but then I... Then my husband would say, he doesn't understand, he doesn't know, so don't stop yelling at him, right? Because sometimes I get frustrated. I tell him, why did you do this? He has no answer for me. So if I'm educated, like if I, I, I know how to deal with these things, I would take care, better take care of him. Sometimes PSW comes in and they tell me, okay, this way you should do, this is better. I said, oh, this is something new I'm learning today, how to put him on a bed and sometimes put him to sleep. So, yeah, education is must, yeah, yeah. They should teach us, like there should be some sort of uh, education. Right. Let me go back to Val now. Are such programs of education that Poonam's been talking about actually available? Um, And if so... How well do they work? And if they aren't available, what needs, in your view, to be done to make them available, assuming you agree with Poonam, which I'm sure you do? Val? I agree with Poonam. And there are programs. I mean, just in our region alone, there are a variety of programs where we can link families to agencies called Links to Care. They'll come in. They'll do assist you to deal with the behaviors you're talking about, Poonam. The CCAC can link you with these agencies. We have psychogeriatric resource consultants. Those people come in and help work with the PSWs, those PSWs that are struggling to try and perhaps force your loved one to have a bath when they're fighting back and they're Mm -hmm. saying, no, don't touch me. Well, we have educational processes to help with that. We have friendly volunteer visiting programs where they'll come in and sit and read and talk to them and perhaps play checkers, whatever it is, so that you, the caregiver, can have a rest because you sometimes, you just sometimes need to go to your room, close your door, and have a time to yourself. There are programs out there. There's more education for these programs to be something that we have an opportunity to share, but because of the volume, some of these things aren't, aren't always brought to the forefront. We need to have more opportunity to do this, but there needs to be more people to do this and more, pro- more agencies. When I say that, more volunteer services programs, more people available to provide this service. There, there's just no end to what we need to do to help you as a caregiver in the home survive and to help keep your father safe because we know how hard it is. We see it every day. It's a 24-hour, seven, uh, it's a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week job, and it has little reward. Right. Let me just interrupt. Poonam, you had a question, I think, for Val. Did you? Yeah, I was wondering, who do we ask for these things? Well, you should be able to ask your care coordinator uh, Uh through the CCAC Uh about a program. For instance, if you're having trouble with behaviors with your dad, Uh Your dad could be um, assessed by a geriatric resource 
consultant. We even arrange for case managers through agencies and hospitals who work specifically with geriatrics with mental health. You know, the yeah, issues of mental health to come into your home. He, he did send, send somebody here, and that's how Pardon? I got help, like seven days a week, twice a day. No, yeah, no. They did help me no, no. I'm talking about the education piece. Education and stuff. Okay. I'm talking about the education piece, the pieces that will help you learn to cope and uh-huh. to deal with it. Ask your care coordinator at the CCAC, and if uh-huh. they aren't sure, they can ask one of the other care coordinators because we all have vast knowledge, but some of us have stumbled upon some of the things that exist. Okay. And that yeah, was in the future, I'll point. keep in mind, and I'll do that for sure. Right. Poonam, that was your point earlier, though, wasn't it? That you didn't know about those things. And what Val's saying... To, to, to you, yeah. Yeah. And what Val's saying is, yes, some of these programs do exist, um, and therefore what you've both agreed on is there has to be better information, education, and training for family caregivers who are doing this vital task for healthcare, which is looking after people with illnesses for which there's no cure, illnesses that require a lot of care, and illnesses that in general are better cared for in the home rather mm-hmm. than in a hospital or a facility. Yeah, and that's what, true. I think you both agree with that, do you? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. informal caregivers, Gordon, are providing about 75 to 80% of the care for patients in their homes. The CCAC can only provide a small percentage of care. The rest of it falls onto the responsibility of the personal non, you know, the the non-formal caregiver, which is the family. Yes, yes. And what that then comes to is a question of how resources are allocated to people like Poonam and all the families that cover all of the challenges that you've been talking about and what resources they need because, and here's my perspective, everything that family caregivers do, like Poonam has been describing, is actually saving the healthcare system money because otherwise the people that Poonam is caring for, or the people, the type of people who people like Poonam are caring for, would be costing all that money inside an institution. So in other words, supporting Poonam and family caregivers through services like you provide, Val, is a very good investment, not just in healthcare, but in the healthcare system. And I think that's one of the messages, if I may go a bit political, that I think all of us need to get through to our politicians so that they make decisions that reflect these these important needs and the important services. Now, we've come, I'm afraid, to the end of this very important um, episode of Family Caregivers Unite, and I want to thank Poonam and Val for sharing with us so openly your experience, your insights, and your advice. And I want to wish you both in your different ways every success in what you do and to Poonam a happy outcome as your father lives with you and to Val more and more of the kind of effort that is you've put in that's put, going to be put in by 
others. That's what we want to see. Now, I want to say thank you to our listeners. We'd like to hear your comments on this episode. And from our listeners, I'd like to hear about ideas for topics or if you're interested in being a guest on the show. Our next episode will be schools and families with children with with mental health problems. Please join us same time, same spot on the Internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again twice every week, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until the next show, we hope our programs help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.